This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. It's America's favorite public affairs show. It's the Adam Ritz Show, and I'm your host, Adam Ritz. Jay Baker is joining me on the telephone. Jay, welcome to the most favorite public affairs show in America. That, it seems hard to believe, but if you could quantify, I'm on board. It's hard to believe. I don't, I have no metrics to back this up. It's just something <laughs> I, I have a feeling in my gut that it, it's true. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> well, I've called it, it's America's funnest look at public affairs. And I, I think that's the proper English, isn't that, it? You know, that is true. It's, it's most fun or funnest, funner, uh, most, more most funnest. funnest, more funnest. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we have a good time uh, looking at uh, traditionally what could be a dry subject. Uh, subject is uh, public affairs and, and public service announcements. They can be dry. We try to have a, a little bit of fun as we look at these, uh, uh, I guess, initiatives and or uh, awarenesses that that arise um, because they can that boy they can be dry the last thing you want to do is hear a 90 year old ex anchor man interview a 91 year old author about the uh, health uh, effects of eating broccoli uh, that yes can, that's that could waste some valuable time that you don't have that yes can, that can slow down your Sunday morning uh, although we are not saying that there there are no health benefits to eating broccoli, please have no. as much broccoli as you want. Always. Um, all right, I wanted to start with uh, something that I, I've received. We talk about this every I don't know about every sixth show it pops up uh, organically it pops up, and it happened to me this week uh, under the category of scam alert. So we have a scam alert for you. I've gotten uh, uh, several text messages recently telling me that my Netflix account is going to be disabled uh, because I'm behind on payments and they want me to pay uh, for my Netflix account through my text right. messaging. And, uh, you know, I, in this day and age of streaming platforms, I, I'd say the average American is paying uh, approximately 7 to $11 a month for about 14 to 15 different services. <laughs> that is probably more uh, accurate than you know. So yes. if you get a, a text message saying that one of your platforms is uh, going to be disconnected, if you don't pay, you may just assume, well, I guess I missed that bill. I'm going to pay this. Uh, I knew this was a scam from the get-go because I don't have Netflix. So I knew I wasn't paying Netflix. Uh-huh. I don't have a Netflix account. Uh now Melissa has Netflix, so you know if she gets this text message, uh, she may wonder if it's real or not. But I know for certain it is not real because I do not have a Netflix account. Uh, so that just reminded me of all the other different scams that are going on. I, I've heard about uh, a few this week with uh, the natural disasters. We've had a lot of uh, spring storms yes. and tornadoes, so there are a lot of. Um, emergency service scams where they call they call and or text you asking for donations um there is uh there's one going around with uh from a sheriff's department where uh, someone will call you and identify themselves as uh an investigator from the sheriff's department and that you have some sort of outstanding ticket and or warrant that you need to pay for or you're going to get into more trouble right uh, and you know 
maybe the average American has has a couple outstanding speeding tickets or parking tickets. I don't know. The amount of um, toll roads that are out there now, I mean, I have uh, a toll I need to pay because I drove down to New Orleans a couple weeks ago and drove through uh, uh, Louisville and... The bridge crossing the river to get into Louisville from Indiana they now it's a, it's a the toll photograph, now. yeah, a- yes. and it's not and there's no there's no toll booth, so they just send you a bill, and if right. you lose those bills or don't pay those bills, then then you know you, these that's where the fear of not paying um, some sort of legality uh, is stuck in all of our in the back of all of our minds. So when you do get that call or text pay this or you're in more trouble you may just go oh okay how do i pay it what do you what do you need from me here's my social security number <laughs> so yeah uh, oh yes i mean you're right i mean you're most people are law-abiding citizens so there would be a great deal of concern if somebody said you're about to get in serious trouble most sheriff's departments will say they will not contact you or call you in this matter uh in this manner so if, if you do get one of these calls you know just thank them for calling, hang up, and investigate yourself. And if you do, in fact, owe a toll or you forgot about a speeding ticket, you know you, you take care of it. Uh, that one-way messaging is is the red flag for any sort of pay us now uh, sort of scam. If they contact contact you in a in a one way uh, on a one way communication, then that's your first red flag. I, I've even told my own bank they've called me. And I'll say, with something I know is real, and I'll say, you know what, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call you uh, on a number I know, and because I don't, I don't trust uh, whoever this is calling me, and they, and they don't take offense to it. They're like, yeah, you know, we've, yeah. we deal with this, so yeah, please, please hang up and call us back, and then I call them back and take care of it. Um, when we talk about these scams, we always like to mention a, a very safe website called charitynavigator.org. Uh, especially when we speak of the uh, natural disasters, uh, tornado relief, um, you know, redcross.org is al- always a great charity to give to. If somebody's calling you one way, asking for you to give to their charity, uh, you know, either A, just hang up and go on with your life, or B, find out the name of their charity, hang up, go to charitynavigator.org and find out if they're legit, because that is a great resource for oh, charities and, uh... and foundations. Yeah, I use it all the time, and it does quickly just get right to the heart of the matter. Uh, There are several uh, guidelines in uh, charitynavigator.org, but the one thing that I found very interesting is all charities need to operate under their given name, and that's usually the tell um, if it's, um, you know, uh, marine wildlife relief uh, dot uh, biz. That's probably not a charity, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so probably not. You know, it is uh, the charity navigator really helps you just kind of jump to the chase and do uh, help out those in your family because I think a lot of these attacks, quite frankly, are kind of geared towards uh, older citizens, senior citizens, because you know. Uh, they want to be conscientious. They want to not be in trouble with the law. And then the next thing you know, they're giving up valuable financial information to somebody that wants to do them harm. That is a great point. Yeah, they, These scam artists do prey upon the senior citizens uh, because, you know, a 70, 75, 80-year-old person today uh, in the 1970s, if somebody called your, called your phone number, uh, 
you answered the phone. And it yes. was usually somebody that with with no ill will, and it was somebody you knew. And if somebody called you, you answered the phone and you took care of business. So they're still kind of living in that day and age. Yes. If their phone rings, I mean, I have evolved into uh, it's very Gen Z of me. I don't think I've answered the phone once in the last eight years. <laughs> you know, oh, unless with no, caller that's a good ID. Way to if it, if yeah. you call me and I see the caller ID is Jay Baker, yes, I answer the phone. But, you know, when it's a number I don't know or um, an unlisted number or a name I don't know, it is Voicemail City. And I will call you back when I find out who you are and what you want. Um, so, yeah, I've, uh, I've evolved in, I guess I'm very skeptical. And maybe that's uh, a sad state to be in, but it's certainly it's saving me money because I don't uh, care about this fake Netflix account that they keep calling me to save. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, and then that's a point very well taken if they say, you know, we're going to suspend this account immediately. And you think that's interesting because I don't have an account uh, with that particular company. So, you, But you are right. They tug at the part of you that says, oh, no. I'm watching my favorite series right now on Netflix, and heaven forbid I miss even a moment of it, I better call. I should reply to the text and say, go ahead and cancel it, because Murder Mystery 2 sucked, and I don't, I don't need your Netflix anymore. <laughs> you and your dumb programming have ruined my life, so go right ahead. That's pretty funny. All right. <laughs> Remember, you and I had uh, a little discussion about one of the kind of fun things to do to task yourself in a new year is to sort of expand your knowledge base. And we were talking about the possibility of reading a book a week, which you <laughs> quickly said, oh, no, not for me. But you said, yeah, I'm going to try to read a book a month. And I thought that that was uh, well-founded. Now, you've reported to me in confidence, which I'm breaking now, that your read a book a month thing is falling apart, too. But, you know, I'm not yeah, I'm not judging you. I'm not shaming you. I'm just here. laughing I... at myself because you brought this up. I, I was just thinking a, a few weeks ago about this because I I promised you I'd read one book a month through the year 2023. And here we are into the fourth month, and I have not read a book yet. So I haven't read even I, one yet. I am three books behind, and I, I had a book set aside to take with me uh, on a recent uh, getaway to read, and I forgot to bring it with me. So I should have one under my belt, but I do not. And I was no, debating I... whether or not to even bring this up to you, because no. all I'm doing is admitting to the world that I'm a liar. Well, <laughs> you and I know how very difficult, uh, you know, any kind of resolution. And I think even an attempt at a resolution is, uh, is a sensible thing, because it does put you on that sort of success path. And obviously, uh, you know, as you've identified in your life, you're kind of the idea guy. You just are really not the book guy. It's not that you can't read or you won't read. It's just that's really not like sort of a thing that really pushes you. Can you allow me to revise my one book per month promise to you and, sure. and change it to one book per quarter? Oh, that's not bad. Is that okay with you? Because I because sure. we're in the first quarter still, uh, and well, actually, we're not. We're in the second quarter already. Okay, so I, I am only one book but behind now. You're now. Only one for, behind. for January, yeah. February, March, I owe you a book, and then for uh, April, May, June uh, is my second book. So I'm going to read one book per quarter. I am only one book behind. 
well, it's perhaps easier for me to poke a little good natured fun at you because I truly enjoy reading and I have sort of revisited the hobby of mine of reading a book a week just because I find uh depending on where your tastes and books go, that it really is sort of a, an enrichment uh, of ideas that you have in your head. And I want to promote a book that I just got through reading okay. that I found to be absolutely life-changing. As you know, we talk a lot about health on the Adam Rich Show. And one way to promote great health is to get a good night's sleep. And we've pointed out that with with all the worry that society has, with as busy as we get, as hard as it is to unwind, as hard as it is to peel your eyes away from all of our electronic screens, a lot of times our sleep goes, uh, you know, kind of off by the wayside. And sleep is very important for your health. So you read a, a book about about the importance of sleep here recently? The importance of sleep. Now, you're going to love this. Okay. I had had some sleep issues so in my natural course of selecting a book a week, this came up on my little list. I, I get a lot of my books through Amazon. That doesn't mean you should, uh, but that's certainly a place where many people get their books. But this came up on Amazon's list, and it's a book called Hello, Sleep. And it's written by, uh, it's written by a girl that did her PhD thesis on sleep. Her name is Jade woo that is w u and jade wrote this book and it is very eye-opening uh i found that i sorted my sleep problem out in about 10 days just from reading the book and it wasn't because the book bored you to sleep there's actually some great content inside the book like, wouldn't that be ironic if somebody said i made this book so boring that just merely reading it will put you to sleep and you'll stay asleep for eight solid hours. I could all, I almost guarantee you if I read the first page of that book while lying down in my bed, I'd, I'd be asleep before the page was You'd over. be asleep, yeah. Uh, so, but what, what, it, give me a, a nugget out of that book. It would have the desired effect. Well, basically, it takes a real good look at it. And then the other part that I really enjoy about this book is, is it's a look at the art and science of insomnia with overcoming insomnia without medications. So that was the part that I was really looking at because if you read about some of these sleep medications, they have some kind of scary sound, uh, side effects. Mm -hmm. And you know, famously, we've heard the stories of, oh, I, I did this or I did that because I took too much, you know, insert name of pill here in the middle of the night and I ended up texting or calling or, driving or doing something that yeah, I just shouldn't have done. Right. And uh, so that was what I got from the book is really to identify what is insomnia and how do you approach it in a methodical way. And I kind of found that in my particular case, I was sort of overthinking it. And that's so the book has some just sort of solid game planning and you know, no medication sounded great to me. Right. Yeah. So, okay. so hello. So that's the that's the nugget I got out of the book. It's called "Hello Sleep" from Jade Wu, PhD. Well, I bet she's a great sleeper. I bet she's just out she every is. night on the dot nine thirty p.m. on the dot. She's out cold. 
she did remark <laughs> while writing the book that uh you know that when she was out with friends quote being a sleep expert wasn't the vip treatment i was expecting you know <laughs> i wonder if her uh if, like in the middle of the night her husband wakes up to go to the bathroom and she's she's lying awake in bed and he's like you're so fake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to expose you now. You're not yes. asleep at all. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Here's kind of a cool study, uh, but you do have to take it with uh, with uh, some care. But they have confirmed that vitamin D is uh, very good for you in in the cognitive thought world. That vitamin D actually reduces dementia risk. By about 40%. Now, this is great news. You don't want to just rush out, though, and grab the biggest bottle of vitamin D that your local pharmacy has because vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin, which means it does get stored in the tissues of your body. And you probably have heard famously, you get a little bit of vitamin D just from sun exposure. I was going to say, you know, as soon as you said vitamin D, I thought sunshine. And if you're out in the sun and you're and you get vitamin D, the the sunburn is is, is it stored in your fat cells? Well, <laughs> not exactly. Isn't that the best? I love when you simplify science. It's well, like, you know, I'm okay. This is my C minus approach to everything. I, now that now that I'm saying that out loud, when I when my feet get sunburned, they uh-huh. they bloat. They you can't see the bones in my feet. I think the sunburn is getting stored in the fat cells of my feet. Hmm, very interesting. How how good of grades did you get in biology, might I ask? That made total sense. As we sense. do a full investigation. I am, Jay, everybody listening right now that it gets fat, sunburned feet, uh, they know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so it is important that, uh, you know, if you do embark on increasing your vitamin D, that's there's nothing wrong with that per se, but they do urge you to get your vitamin D level tested by a physician, because this is one thing you don't want to just willy nilly go vitamin D good. Me get as much as I can. Yeah, that is not necessarily good, but you do want to take a look at that. And I thought that that was interesting because vitamin D uh, had been mentioned a lot lately in health because they think that vitamin D also can help you a little bit with your natural immunity. And of course, um, you know, you and I were talking, in fact, last week about we were both dealing with spring colds, me to the point where I couldn't even talk, you know, it's, <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's like now we've gone through all this different, you know, lockdown stuff. Now we're back to, hey, no, you could get a cold in the springtime, you know, so. Well, I'm glad to hear, is, I'm certainly glad to hear that you're, you're speaking well, you're not yes. choking to death uh, on your own air. Oh, that was a rough man, week for a, you. That, yeah, that's a rough week. But yes, uh, so even a, a, even look at uh, some immunity issues uh, as we get into the cold and flu and seasonal allergy season. Um, now, here's this is interesting, and I bet you this this is something that you know all too well. There is some concern in the medical world that people are taking. Uh, online medical advice pretty seriously. In fact, about 39% of us have used online medical information and that the average person has self-diagnosed themselves 
about four times in the last year. <laughs> that does Am I ring speaking a bell. to the choir? It rings a bell in our household whenever yeah. it, the first sniffle, it's Google and whatever the whatever you see on Google, that's what you do. Get rid yeah. of all the cushions in your in your that's family so room because funny. there's dust. We we get rid of all of our cushions. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So what they're basically saying is, yeah, some of this online advice is very valid, but you have to be slightly careful if you regard the online device sometimes without consulting a physician or even maybe against the wishes of your physician, because they said well, one of the things, and I laughed when I read this, because it's exactly what you just said about your cushions, that this has ha- had a big increase in the fish oil, garlic, and honey world, because <laughs> those tend to be go-to remedies. You and I both know, bad cold, will stuff yourself full of garlic. I Fish Sounds oil, good. that takes care of everything. Fish oil. It takes care of everything. Uh, Look, it's good for fish. I, I would and say, you too. Know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, with you know, with fish oil, uh, they recommend a fish oil change every 3,000 miles. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I would say with uh, when you Google something to find out uh, from your your WebMD or, or whoever you're asking, uh, if you know, pay attention to the link because if it says "add" next to it, uh, someone's paying for you to see yes. that information. So that's not exa- You know, I'm not saying that it's all. It could all be false, but it's certainly uh, they've got an ulterior motive to get to you that information, and it's called advertising. So yes. uh, make sure you uh, do some diligence, and uh, like Jay said, the ultimate would be to check with your physician. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, as you read this, you say, hey, I'm a little guilty of that. But do one of the big concerns they said uh, in the uh, article that we're quoting is that uh, one of the big health factors that we still have as Americans is heart disease. Mm -hmm. And unless you are really, really up to speed on exactly what the symptoms are of heart disease, you should probably not self-diagnose in that particular field. Better to err uh, on caution than for, to throw caution away. For sure, for sure. In fact, uh, you bring up heart disease and heart health. I have uh, a friend who had open heart surgery uh, a few months ago, and uh, I'm gonna. We're trying to select a date where we can do a sit-down interview and talk about his. Uh, uh, ordeal that he went through. Yeah. Um, I mean, time off work, time time to heal. Uh, he was telling me he, you know, it, it was a full blown like sternum saw procedure. They wow. opened him up like a bookcase. He said, and he said, you know, two two three months after the procedure, his shoulder hurt, and he asked his doctor, you know, why does my shoulder hurt so much? And they said, well, keep in mind. We had you open like a bookcase, you know, a part of your part of your rib cage that's not supposed to be a hinge. We made it a hinge to open you yes. up, and that hinge is healing. That's so it is just uh, it, it is a big deal. And you know, he's seemingly healthy, and and what was uh, I think he was uh, mid forties, uh, not overweight, and he uh, nearly had a widowmaker. Um, My so we're gonna we're gonna get him on the air soon and talk about uh, his procedure, um, 
you know, I guess not diagnosis, but uh, you know, preliminary, just to make sure you're, you know, go to your your doctor and and just get everything checked out, have EKGs or blood work, uh, cardiograms, do do it on a regular basis once you hit you know, 40 years of age, especially if there's some heart health issues in your family and your genes. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's actually a, a media personality. So, um, I don't want to give his name out yet until we actually get him on the air, but, uh, he's someone you, you know, uh, and, and I cannot wait to hear his story. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's very beneficial. Uh, we can all benefit from that. And so, yeah, so back to self-diagnosis in the area of the heart world, don't. And do get advice from your physician because there's a lot of things now. There's so many tests that they can do. And I'm sure uh, one of the things that will be revealed in this interview was they had very little inkling prior to this event that this was going to happen to them. Mm, yeah. Okay, so uh, medical advice alert. Uh, don't believe everything you read on the internet. No. Uh, here's something interesting. Uh, if you wear a wearable fitness tracker, uh, we're not picking on any one of them, but believe it or not, they can cause some anxiety. Have you uh, done the medical tracker, Adam? I no, I I uh, familiar with them. Uh, Melissa has one. She wears every day. Counts her steps and all that. I I do have an app on my phone that measures you know when I go for a jog, uh, and I can save the workout and track my uh, progress. But I I can see how that could be stressful to have that thing on your wrist twenty four hours a day where you're just it's just something else to worry about. Oh my gosh, I didn't get right. enough steps today. Oh my gosh, my heart rate didn't go high enough today. Oh my gosh, more 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 to worry about. Correct. So that's what the downside is, is if you do have a fitness tracker, you might want to assess, is it causing you more stress? Yes or no. So just something to be aware of. Do you wear one, one? thing that I do? And uh, I, too, am like that where, you know, you're counting your steps and counting your activity level. And and I used it a lot uh, for sleep. And I found from reading my sleep book that the fitness tracker uh, they said it was well-meaning to try to track your sleep through your fitness tracker, but that most fitness trackers can't really scientifically assess your sleep. And I found that to be very uh, redeeming to me. So, <laughs> Which once again proves that thing that the, the fitness tracker is well-meaning and you do want to be active. But sometimes it can be counterintuitive because it makes your mind worry too much. But Melissa's fitness tracker is hooked up to her text messages, so she it, it vibrates a little bit when she gets a little text message. <laughs> I can see that sort of uh, altering your sleep if you're wearing it to bed and somebody texts you at 1 a.m. and it, it buzzes you awake. Uh, that's Chapter 17 yeah. of uh, Hello Sleep by... Dr. Jade Wu. <laughs> Dr. Jade Wu, absolutely. And this final note, Adam, I know we don't have much time, but this is a great time of the year to uh, find some 5K charity runs. Mm. You and I are a big fan of this distance. Yeah. 5K equates out to about 3.1 miles, and it's a distance that most people with reasonable fitness can at least jog or fast walk through and at least it does increase your activity level and at a pretty safe level the great news about this is there are a number 
of programs literally called Couch to 5K. Many of them are very scientifically based. You really can't go wrong. There's not going to be one that's going to tell you, hey, eat five pounds of fish oil and go out and run the race. (laughs) (laughs) Most will tell you to systematically increase your activity level. But yeah, couch to 5K and then kind of challenge yourself because these, uh, you and I know these charity runs, the benefit to your health is great. And then the benefit to local charities is oftentimes outstanding. Yeah, there's always a charity angle. Somebody benefits from the money that your registration costs. You get a cool T-shirt out of it, usually a long sleeve T-shirt. You can wear while you go run through your neighborhood and look cool to your yeah. neighbors. Uh, you can you know, brag to people. And I'll say, uh, you know, couch to 5K, uh, if if you truly are uh, haven't uh, worked out in forever and it's a little daunting and you're thinking, my gosh, I don't know if I could go do three miles, uh, a 20 minute mile is a is a very reasonable walking pace yes. so you, al- almost anybody could go walk three miles in one hour three 20 minute miles is a fi- is a 5k so just get out and you know if you haven't measured your neighborhood yet just go walk for an hour that's going to be pretty close to three hours see how you feel and then go from there yeah. We don't expect Olympic level, uh, you know, performance. It's just getting out and uh, blowing a little dust off yourself. Yeah. No one's saying you need to finish your your 5K in 18 minutes. Uh, no, I can't do that, uh, and neither can Jay. Okay, Jay, I appreciate uh, all your efforts uh, this this week on the show. If you'd like to hear this show again or uh, any of our past episodes, they are in podcast form on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.